Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, January 27th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. We're going to have some fun on today's show. I called it Game Show Friday. It's really more like just Jonah and I just having fun ranking stuff in regard to Ohio State football. Let's start out with one that you posed. It's almost impossible to answer. I'm going to have you go first. So rank these wide receivers in order. Marvin Harrison Jr., Jackson Smith and Jigba, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave. I have them listed from youngest to oldest. So there you go. Marv Jr., JSN, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave. Rank them one through four for me. Yeah, I was thinking about this question, Dave, and I was just going back and forth because I don't think there is a wrong answer depending on how you how you feel about these guys. But if I have to rank them, you know, top to bottom, number one, I got to go with Marvin Harrison Jr. I just think that he has the potential to be a future NFL Hall of Famer. Uh, when you look at Marvin, he's a guy that can just absolutely dominate uh, a football game, take over when you need it. Doesn't have the top-end burner speed that you see in Wilson and Alave, but as far as just a polished wide receiver who has the ability to be an NFL wide receiver one, I got to go with Marvin. Number two, Give me Garrett Wilson, Dave. Give me Garrett Wilson. And I, I look at the way Garrett L- Wilson is just absolutely dominating in the NFL with a terrible quarterback situation with the Jets, showing that he is a primetime player. I just think that Garrett Wilson's ceiling is a little bit higher than Alave and JSN. So I'm going to go with him at number two. Number three, give me – and this was tough, Dave, because I look back – and you have your recency bias, you know, because we look at JSC and it's like, oh, he missed his past season. And it's it's kind of hard. It's kind of easy to forget this monster season that he put up the year before. So I'm still going to go with Alave. I just think that Alave has that ability uh, to really pop the top off the defense. I had no idea Alave's top end speed was that fast. It's kind of sneaky quick. Um, but I just think that the way he's proven himself in the NFL right now, even in in, high, in college, he was able to put up monster numbers. I'm going to go with Alave number three and then JSN number four. Now, with that being said, if JSN 
would have played this year and put up a, a, a monster season again, I could have easily moved him up there right next to Marvin because his production, if he would have had another back-to-back season, would have just been off the charts. Well, this is not, we're not, you know, I'm not going to play podcast, I guess. I mean, we have the exact same list. You know, I, I'd like to argue with you, but we have the exact same list. And it's it's so hard. I mean, it's so hard. There's It's such a narrow margin. But, um, yeah, I, I like Marvin number one. Um, I'd go Garrett Wilson number two. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, I think maybe the closest might be between Alave and, and JSN. It's really like a coin flip. Um, and, yeah, we have the luxury of already knowing how Alave's game transferred uh, or translated to the NFL. I think JSN is going to be great in the NFL, though, too. So I hate putting JSN last. It seems crazy. Um, the season that he had as a sophomore um, will go down as one of the best seasons in Ohio State history. So yeah. it's tough putting him fourth, but I agree with you. All right. Go up. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was I was going to say, what do you think about uh, Tom Mache talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba's wide receiver three in his eyes? I didn't even hear that. I did see that Mel Kuyper has him as the number one receiver. So yeah, so wait, Todd, those guys do a little sparring. Like, Todd, 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 Todd. Uh, this the NFL draft season, like all of the fake analysts and everything, is just absolutely mind-boggling. I mean, I'm sure we're going to have you know scouts and stuff go down to uh, Will Levis Pro Day and Richardson's Pro Day down in Florida, and then you're going to have some people talking about, oh, he's a better prospect than C.J. Stroud. It happens every season, and somebody's going to get convinced that those guys are the next coming and end up getting fired. I don't get the Will Levis stuff at all. We'll see. I don't I, I don't get it. Maybe I'll be wrong. Wouldn't be the first or the last. Um, all right, here we go. Let's get to the current the current roster. All right, rank Ohio State's defensive linemen, both defensive tackles and defensive ends. Let's I'll lump them all together. Rank, and we, we can go top five, however, however long you want to go, top seven, however you want to do it. Rank the uh, best defensive linemen for the Buckeyes on the current roster. Sure. I think I'll, you know, I, I will definitely start with JT as my number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, I'm going to go with Mike Hall. Number three, give me Ty Leak. I think um, him and him and Mike Hall are right there in the middle uh, together. Four, you know, you got Jack, but I didn't see a whole lot of out of Jack to really say, you know, he's the he's the next coming. So I'm going to keep him at four just because he's been able to earn his his stripes on the field. Caden so Curry. Far, have, okay, so far we have the exact same list. Okay, and, and you have Caden Curry next? I ha- I think I have Caden Curry next. Now we got the, the same top five. Okay. <laughs> uh, now this is this is when it when it really gets hard because you're you're talking about these guys that really haven't proven themselves. So we're just gonna have to take a shot in the dark. I'm going to go with <sighs> give me Kenyatta Jackson next. <laughs> That's who I have to. Hey, give me, give me Kenyatta Jackson. I just think that he has the potential to be a premier pass rusher. Then after that, I'm going to bounce, bounce back to the inside. Give me Hero Canoe. (laughs) Same top seven in order. And then I wrote down seven names. I wrote down seven guys. Those are the seven in order that I have. You have an eighth. And and then give me Amari, Abor. (laughs) Okay. I think I forgot about Ty Hamilton. I think we both yeah. did. We probably should get him in there somewhere, but maybe not. Maybe he's after Amari Abor. I'd put, maybe put him eighth. 
Uh, I completely forgot about Ty Hamilton, but we have the exact same top seven. That's hilarious. <laughs> and right. that was just off the top of my head. And for the people out there, Dave texted me about five minutes before the show and said, hey, we're going to rank the defense alignment. And, I, <laughs> and it was just off the top of my head, like, hey, this is who I'm rolling with. Yeah, I figured, like, we're you know, because you wanted to do the wide receivers. I'm like, let's just do a, a ranking theme on today's show. Speaking of which, let's rank the Buckeyes' current running backs in order. Um this will be very, very, very Ooh. interesting. If you did this at this time last year, it would have been a little easier. Um, so we're talking about Travion Henderson. We're talking about Mayan Williams. We're talking about Evan Pryor coming off the torn ACL. And we're talking about Dallin Hayden. Let's throw also. Let's say Chip Trainum does make the permanent move to running back. Ryan Day says they'll decide that really going into spring during spring. I think that probably will happen, especially with the Buckeyes only using two linebackers. They got both starters coming back. They got CJ Hicks on the rise. We'll talk linebackers in a moment. But, um, all right, do you want me to go first for a change, or do you want to go first again? You go first. Okay. This is a tough one. Okay, I am still going to – I believe in him. I'm still going to go Travion Henderson one. Okay, I'm going to go Travion Henderson one. I feel like it's going to be like a J.K. Dobbins situation to a degree where great as a freshman, you know, relatively speaking, as a true freshman and had, you know, a drop-off as a sophomore. Um, and then, you know, was banged up. I think Travion Henderson, I think we're quick to write him off. Uh, I'm going to still put him number one. Okay, number two. Um, geez, this is so tough. Give me Mayan Williams barely over Dallin Hayden. I'll put Dallin Hayden third. And just because he's coming off the torn ACL, and that's – I just don't know how he's going to be coming off that torn ACL, um, I'll put Evan Pryor fourth. What do you think? Dallin Hayden number one for me, Dave. Ooh, okay. All right. It's close. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think that Dallin Hayden, he gives you uh, somewhat of a combination between Henderson and uh, Mayan because when I look at Dallin Hayden, I see a guy who's very decisive. He sees a hole, he hits it, he puts his foot in the dirt, and it's boom. There's no dancing in the backfield when it comes to Dallin Hayden, which I really love that about him. He has the ability to catch the football out of the backfield. Number two, give me a healthy Travion Henderson. I think Henderson, um, when he's healthy, we saw what he could do as a freshman. He had an outstanding year. I do think that he needs to continue to work on his vision. Um, there's a lot of times where he missed those holes or he runs right up the, the offensive lineman's back. It was tough, and it was very close because I thought Williams is, is a guy that was running a whole lot better than Henderson um, during the season early on, especially, but come to find out that Trey had been battling some of the injuries. And, and another thing that, that really, you know, had me on the fence between those two, Dave, is Travion has had a propensity to be banged up quite a bit his first two years here. Um, you know, he, he was in and out a lot of the times in the rotation his first year because of being knocked up. And then you look at Amaya, he's also battling some type of durability issues these last several years. So I'm still going to go with him third. Give me Chip. I thought Chip ran extremely hard against Michigan. I haven't seen enough of Evan Pryor yet, even though, you know, you, you got Chip. Chip has shown that he can he can perform at a high level in college football because he was able to do it over at Arizona State. So give me Chip as, as my number four and then Pryor as my number five. But I, with that being said, Evan Pryor, if given the opportunity, has the potential to really climb up the list because I think that he brings a skill set that a lot of these other guys don't necessarily have because Evan Pryor, he's a smooth runner. 
not going to be the biggest blocker back there, but if he gets the opportunity, he has the potential to make some noise. Yeah, that's the thing. He was getting a lot of buzz during camp last year, as you know. I mean, they were they were just you know flat out saying, you know, normally the number three tailback might not get a lot of run, but like they were going to carve out a role for him because, as you said, he does bring a different skill set to the table. You can use him as a traditional tailback, but he's also very dangerous out of the backfield. I mean, Travion's dangerous out of the backfield. They didn't really do that much this year. Uh, he, they did a lot of his true freshman year, and they say Evan Pryor's that plus some a, as a receiver out of the backfield. So if he's healthy, he's going to be a weapon. It's just a matter of if he's going to be healthy because, like I said, he was getting a lot of buzz during camp last year. Good problem to have. Looks like they've got the depth. And, yeah, the Evan Pryor thing, man, it's like with the JSN in, injury, it's like that got, like, no talk. You know, that ended up hurting them having not having Evan Pryor. When it first yeah. happened, you're thinking, well, you know, they're still okay there because they've got the other two guys, and the other two guys battled injuries the entire year. But as you mentioned, your number one guy, Dallin Hayden, stepped up. How about that? So uh, um, good depth this year at running back. All right, moving right along, keeping with the theme here. All right, I'm curious to get – now you go first on this one. I have ni nice um, uh, grammar by me here. I wrote down rank OSU's current linebacker in order. All right, Tommy Eichenberg, that's the one. No. There should be an S there. All right, Jay Book, rank the Buckeyes' current linebackers in order. Yeah, I was I would say Tommy's definitely going to have to be your number one. Uh, he performed at an all-conference level this year. Number two, um, I would still go with Steel Chambers. I still think that C.J. Hicks has a much higher ceiling um, than all of those guys, but he still needs to be able to prove it on the field. So I'll go with him at number three. Cody Simon uh, will have to be number four there. He was on the field, you know, quite a bit in his career. Doesn't flash, doesn't do anything spectacular, but he's an able body that uh, can provide you a little bit of depth there. Then, you know, you look at down the line. I mean, we're we're kind of just spitballing here, Dave, because we really haven't seen some of these other guys who, who's going to be able to, you know, step up and, and, and play at Ohio State, or we don't even know if these these next tier guys can even play here at this level. So I'm just going to stick with those four because I I would just be honest and say I'm guessing with the remaining guys because I haven't seen those other ones perform at a high level here yet. All right, so I you know I think everybody would agree Tommy Eichenberg coming off you know second team All American uh, honors this year, first team All Big Ten. Thank goodness he's coming back as a fifth year senior, the quarterback of that defense. I think this defense is going to be really good with all the defensive linemen we mentioned. I think the back uh, end is going to be better, and I love that Tommy and Steeler are coming back. So give me Tommy, number one, um, you know, by a long shot. And then, you know, I thought Steele played well. I thought Steele played well as a first-year, well, kind of second-year starter, basically. But, you know, first time that he started every game. And I thought he played well and continued to get better. So give me Steele, number two. Talk about projecting ahead. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but give me C.J. Hicks. Yep. Number three, I thought he flashed on special teams. So give me C.J. Hicks. And thank goodness that injury against Michigan, that looked like it was serious, um, that he'd be out till maybe camp next year if I had to guess just watching it live. And then he's back playing in the Peach Bowl. So great news there. Um, give me Cody Simon fourth. And then I'll project it out. I mean, it's really tough. Um, I'll go Gabe Powers and then Reed Carrico. What's going on with Reed Carrico? Let's get into that for a second. Are you hearing anything? Because, I, I mean, I, I had high expectations for him. Not that he'd come in as a true freshman, but – He's right. not in his third year. He yeah. really, and they only play two uh, linebackers. What, are you hearing anything? Like, what's going on? I mean, maybe he's just not getting the job done, obviously, but what's going on with Reed Carrico? 
Yeah, it's quiet uh, when it comes to Reed. I haven't heard anything um, in regards to how he's performing. I haven't heard anything from Ironson coaches or anything like that lately about him. So it, it's extremely quiet. If I was his parents um, and he wants to play, that would be a situation to where if I was being honest, I would look at potentially finding a destination like Cincinnati or somewhere to where I can get on the field right now. Because if you look at Jim Knowles' defense, as we mentioned earlier, he doesn't rotate his linebackers. Right now, C.J. Hicks is most likely passing him up on the depth chart. And then after that, it's a it's a wild card on who Jim will be willing to rotate in there. So the, the path to playing time for Reed is looking very slim here. I wouldn't be surprised if down the line he has potential to hit the transfer portal. And if, if you're looking at it and you're being honest as a business decision, it probably would be the best decision if his desire is to play right away. But with that being said, Dave, some kids just love being at Ohio State. I mean, getting a degree from that university and finishing what you started, there's a lot there's a lot to be said about that. And if he decides to stay within the program and just loves being around the team and wants to finish his, his education, then tip it a cap to you, kid, because you don't find a lot of those kids in college football these days. Yeah, he still has three years of eligibility remaining, registered a year, so uh, I'm rooting for Reed Carrico. Real quick, we've, I know we've had some comments and questions about Sonny Styles. It's like, yeah, if he's not a starting linebacker, which would have to beat out Steel Chambers, I'm not saying he couldn't do that, I mean, they've got to find a starting spot for Sonny Styles, right? Whether he's going to be that bandit safety, um, you know, taking over if, if Lathan Ransom moves to adjuster or whatever they do there. Um, do you feel like Sonny Styles has to be in the starting lineup, whether it's at that bandit <laughs> safety or outside linebacker? Where, wherever you can find a spot, right. Sonny Styles starts. There's right. no, there's right. no argument. There's, there's no debate about should he or shouldn't he be a starter. He absolutely, from the time that they kick off in the spring, is he should go ahead and pencil, pen, put it in the pen that he should be a starter because there's no doubt in my mind that he will be an absolute beast. Yeah, we have a lot of people asking about Sonny, C.J. Hicks and Sonny Styles. Muscle Tech, 614-619. C.J. Hicks and Sonny Styles definitely need to start this year. So I think, uh, you know, the fan base um, definitely uh, concurs with that sentiment. All right, um, next one here. Man, I'm really excited about this. Maybe I shouldn't be. All right, so the Buckeyes are getting a official visit from cornerback transfer Davison Igbenosin from Ole Miss. He was a freshman All-American at corner. Um, now – Sounds like he went to Ole Miss because of Chris Partridge. Partridge is leaving. Maybe he's just going to follow Partridge. But I don't think he's coming to Ohio State. Um, but, you know, he's he's at UCLA right now, Davison is. Um, and he's going to come to Ohio State maybe as early as Saturday and Sunday. Uh, maybe Sunday and Monday, Bill Curlick said, one of the two. Um, all right, give me your give, – since we're ranking things, uh, rank the Buckeyes' chances of them landing Davison Igbenosin from Ole Miss, one through ten, Jay Book. <laughs> I mean, this is a kid that you got to put the full court press on. The chances are, if you're getting him on campus, you always got a chance. I just think that Ohio State has to really show a desire to to bring him in, to, to prove to him, like, hey, we need you. Look at our cornerback and our DB play over the last several years. With you being a freshman All-American in the SEC, you can come in here and start from day one. So if that's my pitch, I give it an eight because – if you're looking to win a championship, you're looking to play uh, in the brightest lights, an opportunity to get to the NFL with a, a program that's been known as DBU, you come to Ohio State. Because if you can ball out at Ohio State and play at a high level, you're going to get your name out there nationally. So I would give it an eight. 
Um, and I got my fingers crossed, Dave, because I do think if they can land this kid, it will answer a lot of questions in regards to your cornerback position going into the spring. I'm going seven. I thought I was going to be a little optimistic there. You're a little bit more optimistic than I am, which is great. I mean, like because you're right. I mean, even if he comes in here and just pushes Jordan Hancock and Denzel Burke, um, that'd be great. And then we all know there's going to be injuries. They're already thin at corner. Um, lost J.K. Johnson. I like both of the true freshmen that they have, but they're true freshmen, you know, and, and we'll see. I like Jair Brown coming up as a second-year guy. Um, but, they, you know, getting this kid would be great. I'll give it a seven, man. It'd be a huge, huge, huge get. He's also looking at – so he's looking at UCLA, Ohio State, Tennessee, and then that school up north are the four schools <laughs> yeah. that you mentioned. I mean, I look at it like this, Dave. There's nothing that I've seen from the cornerbacks to say that anybody should be locked in as a starter. I know right. Denzel Burke has started over the last two years, but his play has been up and down. I mean, he, he looked good his true freshman year, struggled last year. Jordan Hancock finished in like the 50s uh, as a great – per PFF on, on the year. So he didn't have a really good year. I know he battled through some injuries and that could have played a role in it. But as far as getting a kid who has been able to perform at a high level in the SEC and be a freshman All-American, I do think that, um, you know, he's a kid that you absolutely have to try to bring in. <laughs> Sue, loyal viewer, loyal, loyal listener. Sue is saying anybody, but that school up North for him. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Right. That's, Hopefully he's a, he's a Buckeye, but if not, hopefully uh, definitely not a Wolverine. All right, last thing here. I'm stealing this from uh, my friend Texas Bucknut um, on the front row message board on Bucknut's longtime subscriber. He has a, a red-hot thread right now on the front row message board on Bucknut saying, if, God forbid, Ohio State loses for a third straight time to Michigan this coming season, how hot will Ryan Day's seat be on a scale of 1 through 10? What do you think, Jay Book? I mean <laughs> – that that is a tough question, but you have to go nine, at least an eight, nine, ten, Dave. I mean, you can't lose to Michigan three times in a row, not win the Big Ten championship three times in a row. I mean, you're already hearing the cat calls, people saying that uh day is John Cooper 2.0 when it comes to beating Michigan. Like you're hearing you heard it all from the time that the Michigan game clock ended into the playoffs. Everybody was saying that Ryan Day was John Cooper 2.0. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that at all, but this is Ohio State. Everyone knows you got to beat Michigan. That is the most important game of the season. And their goals are, Dave, if you're listening to Ryan Day every year, beat Michigan number one, win the Big Ten championship number two, go win a national championship right after that. If he's not able to beat Michigan, Three years in a row, you're not even accomplishing your first goal as a program. So at that point, the seat has to be a nine, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he'd probably agree with that. You know, um, most people agree with you. The people that are uh, chiming in here are um, agreeing with you, say a nine. We have a nine and a half, another nine. We have a seven. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on there are other factors at play. Like if they're if Ohio State's undefeated Michigan's undefeated and Ohio State goes in there and loses by three and then I mean are they going to fire him maybe not at that point but man his seat would be really really hot I'll go with an eight just to throw a number out there since we're have, doing the game show I think Jay Book wins Jay Book wins the game show today hold, uh, but hold on before we before we get out here let me yeah. ask you this Dave yeah. now that in some of the some of, some of the uh, people in here they've made a great point now once they go to 12 team playoffs do you think 
it kind of takes the luster out of the Michigan and Ohio State game because even if they both, you know, are going into that game as a 10-win, 11-win team, whoever loses, they're still going to get in the playoffs. Now, you can talk about home field advantage, having a bye week. Those are important factors when you're dealing with the playoffs. But if you're getting into the big dance, which is going to be the 12-team playoff, do you think that takes a little luster from the Michigan game? It does. You know, it doesn't, you know, just the way you worded it, it does take a little luster off. You know, it's still going to be Ohio State-Michigan, but it won't be quite what it's been. What's interesting is even this year with four, you know, Ohio State still was within, in my opinion, a very bad overturn of that Marvin Harrison play of winning the national championship. They would have then played TCU, and I'm convinced Ohio State would have won that game. They outplayed Georgia. During a year where they not only lost to Michigan, but got their asses handed to them in Ohio Stadium. So, yeah, when it goes to 12, you know, the loser of that game, as long as they're still like a good team, which will be most cases, um, you know, the loser is going to get in the the 12-team playoff. So it will take some of the luster off. So we'll see. This is why I'm I'm a 14 playoff guy. I know you and I have argued about that before, but uh, looking into that. Now, the question is, which Ryan Day is going to show up? Do we get the Ryan Day that we saw against Georgia, who's walking into the stadium, firing up the fans, flexing on the sidelines, yeah. aggressive, you know, putting – he absolutely put Kirby Smart in a blender with his play calling, being aggressive. If we're getting that Ryan Day as opposed to the one who just kind of just looked like he's going through the motions, what we saw against Michigan, those are two totally different type of coaches, what I saw. If we're getting the Ryan Day that we saw against Georgia all year round – I don't think Ohio State fans need to worry about if he's going to beat Michigan because if he can get his team fired up to play like they did um, against Georgia all throughout the season and playing at a high clip, then this team has the potential to do something special. Fun show today. Thank you very much to Jonah Booker. Uh, Jay Book always comes strong. Really appreciate it. Jay Book, uh, appreciate all the listeners out there. We thank you guys so much. We know you have a lot of choices. Appreciate you guys making the Bucknuts Morning 5 part of your morning Monday through Friday. Thanks again to J-Book. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.